Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Good morning. How are we all? Awake? Come on, this is the 11.15. You're the ones who've had the luxury, hopefully, of a few extra hours in bed. So we should be bright, breezy, ready to go. No? Just me then. Come on, well, I'll preach to myself. And if you want to listen, then you're more than welcome to. And hopefully, through the power of God, he will speak to you also. So... We're starting a new series this week, and it's going to be a good one. Just for the month of November, we're going to have four weeks where we're looking at more, more peace. You can see it there, more power, more peace, more hope, more joy. And the little strap line is that you can't buy these in the shops. And we're going to dive into one of those particularly today. More basically means we have a greater amount of, or we add to it. So something that we have, and if we have more of it, then we're going to have addition to that. And I wonder if I was to ask you the question, what do you want more of, what your answer would be? Would it be that you want more money? Would it be that you want more time? Would it be that you want more sleep? That's something that I'm finding I'm asking for more of at this current moment in time. Do you want more faith? Do you want more courage? More boldness? What is it that you're asking more of? And second to that, who are you asking? Where's the source of what you're going to get more of? And Today we're going to be looking at this idea of more peace. What does it look like to have more peace in our lives? And we're going to take the scripture from Philippians 4, 1 to 15. So if you've got a Bible, you can open it up to that or switch it on. And I'm probably not going to read all of it, to be honest. Because we're going to be jumping in as we go through. But I might just read the first um, 10 verses. It says this, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Euodia and I plead with Sintechi, Sintechi, however you want to say it, to be one of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by petition and prayer, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. 
and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Amen. Let's just quickly pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. And Lord, I pray this morning that you would um, speak to us through these words. Lord God, I pray that you would use me um, to speak your truth this morning. Lord Jesus, that we would uh, have a greater understanding of who you are. Lord, that we'd have a greater understanding of who we are in you this morning. Lord Jesus, I pray that our hearts and minds would be changed to become more like you. Lord, would you stir it up in our spirit? As we were worshipping there, I just felt he wants us to stir it up. He wants us to get excited about him again. We're not supposed to be lukewarm. We want to be red hot on fire for you, Jesus. I pray that you would do that in us this morning. Amen. So, today we're looking at more peace. I don't know about you, but there are times in my life that I can worry and I can be anxious about things. Um, I mean, there's been a significant time that has just happened, a significant occasion that's happened in my life. I've just become a father and I've got to be honest, in the build-up to that, I worried. And I still do worry because I was worried like, what do I do? No one actually tells you what you do. You're just supposed to learn it as you go on. It's like, what if I don't know what to do? What if the baby doesn't sleep right? Or what if they're not feeding right? Or what if they're crying all the time? Or what if I can't afford to buy everything? Because I tell you one thing, in this journey that I've been on in the last um, 10 months, let's say, from when we found out that we were expecting, like, there's a lot of stuff you're supposed to buy. Everyone tells you of something else. I'm like, I can't afford that. I can't afford to buy all this thing and we are so blessed by our church family and friends for giving us things. We are all good with secondhand stuff. So I haven't had to pay for everything. But you know what? It has sometimes been a worry for me. It's like, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do that. I do worry. I've got to be honest about that. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we all worry about something at some point. I think we all can be anxious about something at some point for some certain circumstance. And I think the sad thing is, if we look just generally at society, that we don't deal with worry very well. We allow it to overcome us, to dictate us, to change who we are. Here's some stats um, that I've pulled off uh, in regards to sort of like mental health, because as part of our it's all linked when we worry. It says this, one in 10 people are likely to have a disabling anxiety disorder. Money worries apparently can cost us 46 minutes of sleep a night. Nearly one in seven of us Brits worry about money every day in the run up to Christmas. And about half of people who are in, a, are in debt, are in serious debt, have a serious mental health issue. Like this isn't something that's, just over there, this is like, this is around us, this is in us. We all worry and it's hard. But there's a message this morning that I want to bring that that's not what God's got for us. God's not got a life of worry and anxiety for us. And I mentioned about money there and a lot of worry can, can be around money and can be around um, our finances and whether we're in debt or not in debt, whatever it might be, whatever situation you find yourself in financially, we can worry about it. And I know I do. I've worried about it many times. 
Can I afford this? Can I not afford that? Can I pay for this? Can I not pay for that? Will I have enough money at the end of the month or not? There's been times where that's hard and it consumes me and I know that that's not God, what God has for me. And we have some amazing people who work here for Ivy for this organisation called CAP. And we're going to be running a, a, a money course. And that's really what it is. It's a money course. It's not a debt course. So this isn't for someone if you're just in debt or you find that you have money problems. This is really just a, a chance for you to maybe just take a stock check of where you are at with your finances. You might be doing really well with your finances. You might know what all the incomings and all the outgoings, and it's great, and it's, but it's good to have a refresher. This isn't a crisis situation course. And one thing to also note, this isn't somewhere that you go and you suddenly share all of your personal financial information with people. This is something that you, you work on your own. It's not like you're sharing with your neighbour how much you earn and what you're spending on. This is something that you're, you're working through yourself. So please don't feel like everyone's going to know about your circumstance. I know as Brits we like to keep this sort of thing private. But please and I encourage you, if, if it's you or if you know someone that's going to benefit from this, you're going to look at budgeting, how to manage our money well, how to make your money work for you and not you work for your money. You know in the Bible it says you can only serve one of two gods. God, or mammon they call it, relating to like wealth and money. It robs us of so much. So if you're interested in that or you know someone who would be, then please either come and speak to me at the end. If you know Gail Jackson, she's the one who, who heads up our CAP centre here. Or please contact the office. But let me get back to that question. Do you worry? Are you the sort of person who jumps to conclusions? Are you the sort of person who makes mountains out of molehills? Are you the sort of person who always thinks of the worst scenario possible? Is that the, your tendency to do that? I know at times I can sometimes do that. And I think I shared this in the first service that came to me. And I think actually this is really important. Is that we can... Often we just get mixed messages. We can see things in the wrong light. And actually, if we just had conversations with people, or we just found out maybe a little bit more information, we wouldn't get the wrong end of the stick. And therefore, we wouldn't have to worry about it. We're so quick to just jump to conclusions about stuff. See, God doesn't have that for us. God doesn't have a life of worry and anxiety for us. He has a life of peace. It's like, if you're going to go away with anything this morning, if you're going to forget everything else that I've said, if you're still half asleep, go away with this, that God wants for you more peace and less worry. He wants a life of more peace and less worry. I've got um, the paper here. This is, I've got to uh, do a shout out to John Mark on his first day of residency with us. I forgot to go and get a paper this morning, so he very kindly offered to go and get it. So he's learning very quickly, isn't he? Come on. So if you forget anything, no, I'm only joking. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm not selling you out. I wanted to get the paper because I wanted to look at the, what the headlines are. And I know we've just prayed about people who work in media. And we're praying about people who are, who are making this for us, who are giving us the news. I was like, what are the headlines in today? And I'm a big sports fan, so we're going to quickly just skip over the rugby stuff. Um, we're not going to talk about that this morning. But there's some, like... Looking at the headlines here, we've got a headline about a woman who's been killed uh, in a storm. We've got uh, headlines, obviously, about Brexit and all that comes with that. We've got headlines about Sri Lanka and um, uh, killers over there. We've got uh, headlines about ISIS and how uh, 
people have been tormented by that and people are missing. People have got their daughter, they can't find their daughter. We've got all these stories, we've got stories about martyrs. Like, this isn't great stuff, is it? And actually, if I was to read that and I'm a worrier, then I've got a lot to worry about just reading one newspaper or watching the news for, for a half an hour show. If I was a worrier, there is a lot going on in this world that I could worry about. But as a Christian, we're not called to worry. And actually, when we read stuff like that, rather than saying, that's what I'm worrying about, that is an opportunity for us to say, that is what I'm going to pray about. That is going to be my prayer list. So the things that are going on in our nation, the things that are going on in this world, rather than worrying about them, we are to pray about them. And Paul says that. He says that in his word about bringing our prayers and our petitions to God. We're not to worry, but we're to pray. And through that, we'll hopefully find peace. You see, Paul brought us good news. It's not all bad news. Sometimes you find a good news story in a newspaper. But the Bible is full of good news. This is full of good news. If you want good news, stop reading that and start reading this. And see what God has for you. And Paul lets us into some secrets, or into a secret, how, how to live a less stressed life. A life that's, full, that's enriched, that's full of peace of mind, free from worry. I wonder, is there anyone in, that, in the room this morning that wants that for them? Who wants to live a less stressed life? Who wants to experience the peace of God in their life, in situations that you find yourself in? It may be 24-7 for you, or it may be certain things throughout the week. That's what God wants for us. You see, when we look at the word worry and we look at where it comes from, it comes, um, its meaning is uh, originated around the word um, to strangle, literally to strangle, to, um, to choke you physically, to choke you emotionally, to choke you spiritually. When we worry, we're, we're allowing ourselves to be strangled with that. It's got a grip on us. It's not just something that we can sort of push off. It's this thing when we allow worry to overcome us. It's, it's all-consuming. It takes our life away from us. And it becomes a vicious spiral. Have you ever known that? It's just a vicious spiral. How it can just go out of control further and further down. It robs us of our peace. It robs us of our joy. It can rob us of our strength to face the day. I love this quote by Corrie ten Boom. It says this. It says, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. I want to be strong today. Strong in the Lord. In what he's called for me to do. I don't want to be weak. I'm not called to be weak. You're not called to be weak. Let's not allow this worry and anxiety to rob us of what God has called for us, what he's set out before us. And we're going to see how Paul writes to the Philippians. He's writing to this church and he sort of highlights three things that can um, cause us to worry. Three things that we maybe need to take note of, that we need to maybe make right. How we can have more peace. And not just superficial peace. And tonight I'm going to be speaking in the evening service at 7 o'clock. And I'd love for you to join us. And we're going to be looking more at this word peace and what does that mean and how... I, just, I think we miss the mark with peace. I think it's one of these words that we throw around all the time. But actually, what, that's not the word that's written in the Bible. That's not the peace of God that we talk about when we talk about peace in this day and age. So often we talk about peace and we think that, ju that just means a nice, quiet, calm, relaxing place. There's so much more than that. Let's not miss the mark. 
Let's jump back into the scripture in verse um, one to six. We see that Paul is, um, that he loves the church. He loves the people that he's writing to, the Philippian church. He loves them. He greets them. He thanks God for them. He, they bring him joy. And he, he shows that in his writings, but he doesn't just stay with the nicey-nicey stuff and like big them all up to be like, you're great and I love what you're doing. You know what, he, he's to the point. He's hard-hitting because he singles out these two ladies. And he's like, there's something that's not right here. You're arguing about something. We don't exactly know what that is, but there's disunity in the camp. And when there's disunity in the camp, you're robbing each other of peace. When there's a broken relationship, you're robbing each other of peace. And what does he do? He urges them. He urges them both to agree in the Lord. You see, it's hard to argue with someone when you both fix your eyes on him. We can have it here, but when we turn our eyes vertically and we both fix our eyes on him, it's hard to argue. Like Worry comes when relationships are broken, when they're not fixed, when they're left to just fester. Have you ever seen that, that over time, it just gets worse and worse? You think, oh, I'll just sweep it under the carpet, but it doesn't, ha- it doesn't just make itself better by chance. And Paul does this. He, he sees that. He's like, don't let your disagreement overcome you. Unite together. And he, and he calls the church, or he calls his companion to help in that, doesn't he? He calls us all to help in that. He also talks about peace with our circumstance. He talks about his own circumstance. He's writing this letter from prison. And yet he says he's, he's at peace. He's, he's got a peace of mind. A peace that will enable him to go through any circumstance. Whatever happens. Whatever you're going through. The peace of God will guard your heart and your mind, he says. But what's really important is what goes before that. What goes before that in the rejoicing of the Lord. It's like when, when we rejoice, we... We're acknowledging the grace that is, that is extended to us, the free gift of God, what God has done for us. When we accept that and we allow the Spirit to work in us, that's when we can start to experience all of this stuff. This isn't something that we strive for on our own. This is something that we can only acquire when we allow the Spirit of God to actually do a work inside of us. Are we willing to do that this morning, church? Are our hearts open to allowing him to come and speak to us? Because that's when we're going to find this peace. That's when we're going to actually be able to sing that song when the storms of life are all around me and I can still sing a hallelujah. It's because I've allowed the Spirit of God to come and work and minister in my life, in my heart, that actually whatever's going on, I can still have joy in Him. And that's the Spirit. That's not your human self doing that. That's you allowing the Spirit to be at work and we can't, we can't explain it. We can't explain it. And it seems ridiculous to other people. But you know what? What a testimony that is. What a testimony that is to those who don't yet know Jesus. When they see that you are going through something that they're going through. And yet you have a peace, a security, a hope, a future. Because you've got the Spirit. Because you said yes to Jesus. Because you understand that what Jesus has done for you is more than enough. Paul asks us to, to think biblically. Our mind is so powerful. 
What are you thinking about? What are your thoughts on? Paul says we're to think about what's honourable, what's just, what's pure, what's lovely, what's commendable, what's morally excellent, what's praiseworthy. I don't know if you know um, Phil Robinson, who's part of our church. He was here in the first service, and in the interval, he just showed me this quick little thing, which was this crest, this BBC crest. He works for the BBC, and uh, it's like this, this crest that the BBC have. It might be like the only one. I've never seen it before. But it was based on all of this. It was based on Philippians 4, that the BBC is like their crest, the thing that they almost have, that you think of a crest like on a football team, it's like their badge, this is what we stand for. And it's like we are supposed to be hold, held to account to these things, to, to tell, to publicise things that are pure, things that are honourable, things that are lovely, things that are commendable. Isn't that amazing? I mean, maybe they need to relook at that crest and remind themselves this is the badge that they hold. When we're praying for the media, that's what we're praying for, is it not? That members in that community can speak this truth. And then Paul goes on to talk about having a peace over possessions, over what we have. As I've already said, you know, we have money worries. People have money worries all the time. I experience money worries. It says, here's a fact here, that one in five UK adults say that they are drowning in debt and money worries, with many saying that their mental health has deteriorated because of it. It's all linked, isn't it? It's not like I can just compartmentalise my life. Everything's affected. When I allow one thing to overcome me, it's like everything it has a knock-on effect. It's a domino thing. We can't just segregate one from the other. It's interesting that we called this uh, series more. What are you wanting more of? And actually, in some ways, Paul's being like, you've got it all anyway. You don't need any more. I'm content with what I've got. I know what it's like to have a lot, and I know what it's like to have a little, and it's okay. And I'm content with that. And we talk at this time of the year as, as Ivy Church, if you've been a part of our church for any length of time, you'll know that in, in the new year we, we love to do a first fruits offering. And that's basically us saying, you know what, we want to give our first and we want to give our best to God because he has given so much to us. And we, we have the little strap line of rain it in here to give it in in the new year. Rain it in now. Leading up to Christmas, oh, Christmas is just... I can't believe that Christmas is already up in the shops, can you? I have a rule in my house that's like, we're not allowed to talk about Christmas until after my birthday. Um, it's not my birthday yet, so we can't talk about Christmas. It's everywhere, and the pressure to, to buy, buy, buy. You can't buy peace. You can't buy it. All of this stuff that we're going to be talking about in this more series, you can't go to the shop and you can't hand your credit card over and be like, thank you, I'll have a, I'll have a year's worth of peace, please doesn't work like that. You want to experience peace in your life? You want to experience inner peace in your life? Get to know Jesus. Invite the Spirit in. Invite the Spirit in and allow him to work in you. I was thinking in preparation to this, you know, Paul writes these letters to the churches, doesn't he? And it's great. There's so much good teaching in there. I was like, what would Paul write if he wrote to Ivy Church? What if that was one of the books of the Bible, hey? The book of Ivy. And it was a letter from Paul to our church. What would he be writing? In some ways, I think he'd probably be writing similar things. 
where there's either broken relationships, there's an argument going on, or you need to fix your eyes on Christ. You need to have an inner peace. You want that inner peace. You want to, underst- you want to have that peace that surpasses all understanding. Well, this is what you've got to do. Do you know what it's like to be content with what you have? And what was his secret? Jesus. 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 He writes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not I can do more things when I acquire more things. No, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I love this verse, and this verse stays with me. Um, One, because I think uh, some organizations that I've been a part of, they have this as sort of like their strapline or their key verse. But whenever I'm out doing exercise and I'm flagging and it's hard, I'm like, I'm saying that over and over and over in my head. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can run another kilometer through Christ who strengthens me. I can, whatever it might be, through Christ who strengthens me. Where are you getting your strength from this morning? Are you trying to source it yourself? Are you trying to do it in your own strength? I've got some news for you. If you do, you're going to burn out. You're going to fail eventually. All things through Christ who strengthens him. And this is the challenge that he, he was content no matter what. Wow. What a challenge that is, to be content no matter what. What would it look like for our lives, for, for us to be content no matter what, not to needing more all the time? Or at least to, to understand what it is that we want more of. Too many times we want more of what the world is telling us we want more of. When the Bible is saying, no, you need to have more of this. Now, our, um, one of my colleagues, uh, Hannah, who's a site leader over at Shaston, she shared with us um, a bit of a word that she had last night or Friday night. And um, she felt God was speaking to her. And it's, it was just so good. She, I'm not going to read it all out. But the premise of it was like, we're not satisfied for Sunday church. That's not what we're about. If this is what Christianity is for us, then forget it. Like if that's what it is for you, then maybe we need to take a, a, a check as to what, what are we actually all about. If, if we're just about half ten, well, we're 11.15 to 11.45, 11, uh, 12.30, sorry, for this service. If that's what it's all about for you, then we need to... Why? What's the point? We've got to be 24-7. We want more of God to be at move in our lives. We want to see more miracles in our lives. We want to see more salvation in our lives. We want to see more um, revival in our city. We want to see healings in our streets. We want to see neighbourhoods transformed for the gospel. We want to see his word proclaimed and for there not to be persecution. We want to see him at, at work, do we not? What do we want more of? And so many times we confuse the things that we want with the things that we need. We think that the things that we need are, or the things that we want are the things that we actually need when they're not. Can I invite the band up, please? That'd be great. I want us to spend some time as a response this morning to 
ask that question to ourselves. What is it that we need? Is it more peace? Is it? Or is it something else? What do we need? Not what we want, but what do we need? You see, God says that he is the provider, the giver of all of our needs. He knows what we need before we even know it ourselves. But we have to come and we have to ask him. We have to come and we have to ask him. What do you need today? What are you going to pray for? What are you going to petition for? Or maybe you're not even at that point yet. Maybe you're not there yet and actually you need to come all the way back to the beginning. And it's a case of, I need to understand or accept the grace of God. Because it's when we accept that grace, when we understand the grace that has been poured out from us, and grace is basically the fact that we've been given a gift that we don't deserve. When we accept that, when we accept the Spirit to come and work in us, then we can start to pray and petition. What's God been putting on your heart? And sometimes I've found it really a real challenge, but a real good practice actually. If I know that there's something that I need, or usually it's what I want to see happen, something that I'm praying for, something that I want to see breakthrough in, but actually I know that somebody else is going through a similar thing, I found the challenge actually to rather than focus on myself and to say, you know, God, I need you to sort out my life. I need you to sort out this situation for me. It's to actually turn my focus off myself. To be like, they need that. I know I need it, but they need it. And actually, I want to I pray that you will bless them in that situation. So is there anyone that you may know that you know needs something today. Maybe they don't know Jesus yet and you want to pray for them. Maybe they need a peace that surpasses all understanding because the life around them is so hectic, so busy, the storms of life are crashing all around and they need the peace of God. And you might yourself be feeling like you need the peace. But let's pray for them. So we're going to take a moment and then Dan and the band are going to lead us in some worship. So what's God saying to you this morning? Allow his spirit to come and work in you. And let it be from that place. Always from that place. That we start to experience what we, st- what we read about here. Experience that peace knowing what God has for us and wants for us. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org media.